Hi, and welcome to Calm Cash. Sometimes 30 minutes can seem like an eternity. Other times, it flies by. Even in this hectic, pandemic-filled world, it's likely you can carve out half an hour. Today, I'm going to walk you through how to pick a great healthcare plan and the amount of time it takes to watch an episode of Last Week Tonight. Seem fair? Let's get started. On last week's episode, I talked about my job leading the healthcare enrollment team. What I didn't mention was the stat, 14 minutes. This was the average time it took our employees to enroll in their healthcare each fall. Only 14 minutes spent on one of the most important decisions for your finances and your health. That stat always astounded me. It made me think critically about how much time is actually needed to make a really sound decision. Well, I think I have the answer. Give me 30 minutes of your time, and I'll walk you through how to assess and pick a great plan for you and your family. Deal? Before we dive in, I want to take just a few minutes and define some key terms just to make sure we're all on the same page. One thing I don't love about healthcare is all the terminology. It can be confusing, and it's easy to get things mixed up or confused. Here are four key definitions you have to know when selecting a plan. First, let's talk about premiums, or sometimes these are called your contributions. This is the monthly fee for your insurance. It's like a subscription fee, and you're going to pay it each month to have health care. Some plans have premiums or contributions that are zero, which is great, but this is where knowing other definitions of plan features are really important. Next, let's talk deductibles. This is the amount that you have to pay first before your insurer or plan starts to pay for any health care. This is the amount of skin you're putting into the game for when you use care. Deductibles can range from a few hundred dollars to thousands of dollars, so it's really important to know how much you're on the hook for before insurance kicks in. Copays and coinsurance are also important. A copay is a fixed amount you pay for routine services defined by your plan, like a charge to see your primary care physician or getting a prescription filled. In most cases, the payment is the same regardless of the extent of the visit or the cost of the drug. For example, a plan may require copays of $20 for an office visit or $100 for emergency room visits or $15 for generic prescriptions. Coinsurance, on the other hand, is similar to a copay, but instead of being a flat dollar amount, like $20, you'll pay a percentage of the bill for care once you've met your deductible. These percentages vary from plan to plan, so definitely make sure you check what percentage you're on the hook for in the plan that you enroll in. Lastly, let's talk about out-of-pocket maximums. Your out-of-pocket maximum is an important feature of your health plan because it limits the total amount you pay each calendar year for health care, including copays, deductibles, and coinsurance. If your insurance carries a $5,000 out-of-pocket maximum and you get sick and require a lot of health care services, the most you'll pay in a year is $5,000. After that, insurance picks up the rest of the tab, presuming you stay in-network for your care. Think of it as your worst-case scenario. While there are other terms and jargon you may hear when talking healthcare, these are the most important definitions to know and understand to pick a plan and also to make the best financial decision when it comes to healthcare for you and your family. Now, let's talk about how to pick a plan. 
Okay, so you can do this in 30 minutes, which seems like a reasonable investment of time and effort for something that is such a critical decision. Some advice first. Don't wait till the very last day to make this decision. That deadline will add pressure and make you rush into a hasty decision or do nothing. Give yourself at least two days to take the proper steps and time. Okay, so we're going to break this down into 30 minutes. To start, take three minutes and do some box breathing. If you don't know what that is, check out episode one of Calm Cash or the Just Breathe episode that was posted on August 30th. Seriously, take time to do this. So why? Because just a few minutes of using this technique will help you find your calm or keep your calm, reduce stress, and heighten your focus. For many people, this is a stressful decision. So approaching it with a clear mind and relaxed body is really important. So that is the first three minutes. Next, we're going to take seven minutes to scan and read the open enrollment guide or resource materials for a summary of key changes. Most people just jump right into the actual decision making and don't take time to stop and familiarize themselves with any changes or modifications that need to be considered. You don't have to read every word of the plan document or summary plan description, but instead focus on the highlights guide or summary of modifications, if that's what your company calls it. Usually the changes will fit on one or two pages and be pretty easy to read through and understand. Here are some things to look out for as you read through the materials. Are there any new plans being offered to you for next year that haven't been available in the past? If so, definitely flag that and read deeper. When new plans are offered, there's a reason for it. Maybe it represents a change in direction or strategy if you get your health care from your employer. Are they improving the benefits? Or are things not going great and they're tightening the amount of subsidy or coverage they want to provide to employees. If you see a new option or options, make sure that you read more and focus on the key provisions of the plan, like the size of the network and any restrictions that come with it. Another thing to focus on with the changes document or highlights guide is what is happening with premiums, deductibles, and the out-of-pocket maximums. These are the key provisions that we defined earlier, and they directly impact how much you're going to pay to have a plan, and then how much you'll pay when you use healthcare. This is a major intersection of our money health and our physical and mental health, and these aspects of the plan are the driving factors of the cost that you're going to incur. Lastly, check for any changes to provisions around health savings accounts or health reimbursement accounts if you have access to them. More and more companies will provide money in an HSA or HRA either as an upfront seeding of the account with money for the year or as a matching contribution if you put your own money in these accounts with a payroll deduction. If your plans have previously had these features, check to make sure the amounts are unchanged and you know the rules and requirements to get access to this free money. In many ways, these dollars are like a 401k match and are used to incentivize you to select a particular healthcare plan but you have to make sure you're considering all the costs and features, which is why we'll consider not only HSA or HRA matching contributions, but also the premiums, deductibles, and out-of-pocket maximums associated with these plans. Okay, we've used 10 minutes so far, and I have 20 minutes left to get you enrolled in a great plan for you and your family. We're going to take the next 10 minutes and do a little bit of math. 
don't stress because I'm going to walk you through it. And it really comes down to just some simple multiplication and a little addition that you can do quickly on the calculator on your phone. For each plan you have available to you for next year, find the monthly premium and multiply it by 12. This will be the annual amount of premium or contribution you'll pay for next year, even if you use healthcare and go to the doctor zero times. So do that math and take a second and look at those amounts. This is the money that will 100% not be in your bank account next year. How do you feel about paying these amounts for coverage? There's a dynamic with premiums that gets talked about, but maybe not enough. Typically, plans with higher premiums mean you pay more upfront each month, but when you actually use care, the costs are typically less. This means lower deductibles and co-pays or co-insurance as a trade-off for paying more upfront. On the other hand, plans with low or zero premiums typically mean you pay more when you actually use the care. So think about what you would prefer. Do you want to pay more upfront each month and have lower spend for when you actually go to the doctor? Or would you prefer to have less guaranteed money coming out of your bank account each month in exchange for paying more when you do need to go to the doctor? For people that use healthcare very infrequently because they're generally healthy, it might make sense to pay less upfront in premiums and instead pay a little bit more when you actually see the doc. If you have conditions you're managing and frequently go to the doctor, it seems to make sense to pay a little bit more upfront and less when you actually use the care. Let's now take our annual premium payments that we calculated and add to it the deductible of each plan. This is your total amount of skin in the game you have to put forward to be in the plan and when you start using healthcare before the plan will pay or cover anything. Do this simple math for each plan and compare these amounts. So that's taking the, the annual premiums and adding in that annual deductible. Now look at these numbers. And how do you feel about this financial commitment? Are you starting to zero in on a plan that seems like the right balance of costs that aligns to how much healthcare you think you'll use? Lastly, let's do one additional simple equation to show us the worst case scenario. I'm not really a worrier and I'm a glass half full kind of guy, but it is important, I think, to know what worst case outcomes may look like if something catastrophic were to happen, like a bad accident or a severe diagnosis. So take your annual premium and add to it the plan's out-of-pocket maximum. This is the most you'll pay if the bad thing happens and you get your care from in-network providers, doctors, and facilities. Take in these amounts and assess how these costs make you feel. This is as bad as it will get from a financial perspective, but remember, it's very unlikely you'll have to spend this amount. And remember what insurance is all about. It's protection against catastrophe, so it's always good to know how much that could potentially cost. If you're struggling to select a plan and nervous about picking the right one, take a look at your healthcare spend from the past rolling 12 months. Add up your prescriptions and costs for care, and then compare them against the cost of your premiums plus deductibles. That should help you zero in on plans that will be a good fit. And if you're planning to have a major event next year, like having a baby or a surgery, you should consider buying up in your coverage to care for these atypical cost drivers. Now that you have the math on the high-level cost of the plan, 
there's one more element to overlay that's really important. So let's spend another five minutes on doctors and whether or not they're in network. This is a really critical aspect of your coverage and will help prevent exposing ourselves to significant costs. We need to make sure that your key or critical doctors and specialists are in the network of the plans you're offered for next year. If you listened to last week's episode, I gave out some homework. I suggested that you list all the key doctors and specialists that you and your family members that you cover on insurance see. I also asked you to rate them on a scale of one to five. Using that list, because I know you all did your homework, take five minutes to confirm that the doctors with a score of four or five are in the networks of the plans you're being offered for next year. There are two ways to do this. First, you can simply call those doctor's offices directly and ask if they accept the insurance plans you're being offered. The receptionist you speak to gets this question all the time and should be able to answer it pretty quickly. Also, you may be able to look up the in-network status online, either on the website you're enrolling on or by going to the health insurance carrier site and entering the doctor names and office information. This is an area where technology and data have come a long way recently, and my company, for example, makes tools available to me to look up doctors online and save having to make those phone calls directly. My guess is many of you listening have the same online lookup features available to you. If your most important doctors are all in network, then you're all set. You just need to find the price points that you're most comfortable with for your budget and how you balance paying more in premiums or paying more for when you actually go to the doctor. However, if your doctor or maybe multiple doctors aren't in network of all the plans you can choose from, now you have a really important decision to make. You have to ask yourself how much you're willing to pay to keep this doctor, especially if they're in network of plans with higher premiums or out-of-pocket maximums. Is this doctor worth paying an extra $500 for? What about $1,000? This is only something you can answer for yourself and your family, and there are definitely times where a doctor or specialist is so good and knows you and your situation so well that it's worth paying extra to maintain that relationship and have access to their care. For some people, the idea of switching a doctor isn't a big deal, especially if they live in a city with good hospital systems and fine overall doctors where there's more choice. Personally, I would pick the choice that makes you sleep easy at night. If you're going to get super stressed out trying to find a new doctor and transition care, maybe paying a little bit extra to have that peace of mind makes sense. That leads to good mental health and physical health, two things you can't put a price tag on. Okay, so we've done our box breathing, we've read the plan materials, we've done a little bit of math, and we've checked to make sure our doctors are in network. And through that process, you should be zeroing in on a plan that has the right doctors in it, as well as the right financial price point that you're comfortable paying as you assess premiums, deductibles, and that out-of-pocket maximum. Okay, we have five minutes left. Take that time to log on to the enrollment site and pick your plan. I would avoid calling if you can because it will take way longer than five minutes and will just lead to frustration. The websites where you enroll are way better now and make enrolling a lot easier than even just a few years ago. Find the plan that feels like the best fit and make your pick. What I would do next is sleep on this decision. Let your brain sort out the risks and decision points while you get some Z's and see how you feel about it the next morning. 
If you're anxious or concerned about what you picked, log back on and make a change. That's why we don't wait till the very last day. Remember, the right decision is the one you feel most comfortable with. And that's what Calm Cash is all about. I hope this has been helpful to break down the steps to take for choosing a plan and for how to allocate your time to find the right fit. There are models and math to get more precise, but this is an easy and approachable way to get you positioned for success. Trust your gut, do a little bit of math, and don't forget the importance of in-network doctors and care. You've got this. Stay safe, and I'll see you next week.